0: Here we are meeting in the park. This is going to be our last service in the park for 2020. So what a treat to be able to be here. Praise God for the weather clearing up. But we're meeting here on the eve of yet another lockdown. And, you know, things just sort of keep happening on this whole vein of of 2020. As I was thinking about this, uh, the opening words of Dickens' famous book called Tale of Two Cities came to mind. It's the book, uh, a story of love and honor and sacrifice set in the midst of the French Revolution. And it begins this way. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief and the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light and it was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. Just Dickens is a genius, of course, and the juxtaposition of what one time period could bring is aptly described in his book. And there's many juxtapositions that we could think of right now. You know, this is a, a time where I think we see Lord Willing the light at the end of the COVID tunnel, and yet we're right on the verge of an increase in this surge and in this pandemic. We see. Uh, We're in a time of Advent, but soon to be Christmas, where we celebrate long-standing traditions. And yet we're in the midst of a culture that has an unprecedented level of change about it. We have people that are uh, astoundingly exuberant about the market, and the investors have never taken the stock market to a level this high. And yet we know there's great economic hardship and disparities and people I'm sure we know who have lost their jobs and are now losing their support. It is the best of times and it is the worst of times in one sense. And perhaps today where we celebrate and, mem- and think about and move into Advent, it's an appropriate time to think about what that means for us. Advent is the both the celebration of God coming as an infant, coming fully human to this world 2,000 years ago and what he has done for us in Jesus. And it is also looking ahead to what he will do to complete that work that he has started, to complete the rescue and the redemption of his people. And so we want to be prepared. The first uh, reading was, you know, be awake. This is is the the passage from the gospel. Be be awake about what is coming upon us. We want to be ready to receive our king. We want to welcome him as, as king. And so Advent has, I think, hopefully a refreshing familiarity. Isaiah 10 that was read says, See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. And so we want to prepare our hearts in that way. We want to be prepared in this in-between time, from the time he has first come to the time he will come again, in what Scripture calls these last days. And we do so on the basis of the hope that awaits us. We know that that this place that we're in now was where we were never meant to dwell permanently. As in one sense we rejoice in that because there's challenge, there's confusion, there's uncertainty, there is destruction, there's corruption, there's decay, there's disease, and there's something in our hearts that says, you know what, I know I was not created just for this. And I think that is the divine spark of God's creation put in each person. We are his very good creation. We are made in his image. And part of that creation in his image means that we kind of know intuitively that we don't belong only in this life that there is a hope that awaits us and we long to be in that place. And yet we, while we have a hope for the future and we have hope for God to complete through Christ the work that he's begun in us, that hope also sustains us for this time, for this, this place that we're in. We know that, that Jesus is delaying so that, as our scripture said, more people might come into his kingdom. And even though it may seem a long time for us, a day, a thousand years is is a day to the Lord. So let us not give up on that or grow impatient or grow weary, but let us see the opportunity that is put before us, not only for us to align more closely our lives and our hearts and our sense of mission with who he is, but also to be even bolder still with how we reach out to those around us, those we love, those we work with, those that we live next to, That's part of what the hope of Advent is that we can express. And so our response to that, to the sovereign Lord, is is what we want to focus on in the remaining time that we have. Second Peter, the epistle that was read, put it this way. He said, you know, what kind of life should we be leading in light of this? And Peter says we should be leading holy and godly lives by making every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. So we're encouraged. You know, the the Lord is sovereign. He means He's in complete control. And because He's coming back, we want to do everything we can to respond to that as well as we can. You know, in our country, we talk about the, the idea of speaking truth to power. Well, Jesus is both truth and power. And so there's not a whole lot that we can say other than what do you want me to do, Lord? How do you want me to live for you now? And so a couple questions when we think about how we might prepare ourselves for this, for his coming again, how we might make sure that we are honoring him well, that we are anticipating his coming, that we are thankful for what he has done. I think there's, there's two things. One is to examine ourselves with this question. First question. Where might we be over invested in the things of this world? Where is our heart caught up too much in what's going on around us? Whether that's from a place of anxiety or perhaps a place of ambition or a place of just focus to the uh, point of distraction. You know, we've been, we are foreigners. We're aliens and, aliens and strangers says scripture, but we can get caught up in this foreign land. You know, in diplomatic Uh, circles. There's a phenomenon where a diplomat from country A is sent to country B to represent his country or her country's interests. But over time, as they are in country B long enough, country B's priorities start to rub off. They start to perhaps gain the ascendancy. And pretty soon they become less effective for the interests of country A that they are in fact representing. And they need to be either encouraged, uh, shorn up, or recalled. So any one of those things can take place. But that is something that we can experience too. This in a sense is the only world we've ever known. But being in this community, being together as the people of God and the family of God is a foretaste of what we are actually called to be in this place, called to be in in relationships that are not marred any longer by mistrust or by doubt or by fear called to be in a place where the insecurity because of a lack of provision or of disease or those things is no longer present, called to be in a place in the presence of God where there is no more pain, no more crying, no more sorrow. That is what we are made for. That is the country, our country of origin that none of us has fully seen, but the presence of God his presence among us, his presence that will be manifest as we participate in his body and blood in a little bit. That is the, the pointing us in the direction that we are being called to and that Jesus will come and take us home to. And so think about ways that perhaps you're overly invested in this world where you've forgotten or not. It's been a while since you've really paid attention to that. You know, being in Silicon Valley, there's, I think there's particular things that go with this area. You know, it's in a place of both incredible wealth and incredible opportunity. There's a, a, an amazing amount of education, bright, smart people. And there's, it's quite easy to get caught up into that. Um, there's, it's quite easy to lose, I think, our kingdom distinctiveness, where we f- fail to represent the fact that we belong to a kingdom, where the Lord is in charge, where His love is what should abound where people see that peace, that fruit of the Spirit in us, and, th- and they are attracted at some level or want to know more about who Christ is. So more than any ambition that we might have in mind, we need to be ambitious about letting Christ be manifest through us. Maybe something that is over we're over-invested in is just the relationships around us. They can be good things, to be sure, but when those relationships, whether with family or friends or... Kids begin to tamp down our our desire to speak about Christ or our desire to tell the truth about something that would be a benefit to someone. We need to call into question. Like, Lord, am I getting over invested in people's opinions of me so that I am less bold for you? We've got things backwards. We can be overinvested in that way. So where are you? Where where might this time find you over invested? In just the things of this life, the things of this time, where might you be correspondingly underinvested in the life of the kingdom? Our gospel reading speaks of people getting prepared for the coming king in John the Baptist. He's coming and he's preaching what? Repentance. And it says they're responding by confessing their sins and they are desiring to be baptized by him in the Jordan River part of Advent is a season of of penitence. It is a time where we not only reflect on what Jesus has done, what God has done, but we are responding, and we're responding by saying, Lord, where is it that I've fallen short? What what are the places where I know I'm not aligned fully, where I'm holding back, where I may be over-invested in this world? Show me what that is in my life. Help me to to know what that is. And in a kind of you know, interesting way this time of COVID allows us to see, allows us to create space, I think, to do that. You know, on one hand, you can say, you know, normal season like this, we're preparing to get together with family and friends. Uh, We bought two outdoor heaters that now are just going to be not used for a while, at least for the next month. They're getting rained on and maybe they're rusting. We're not sure. But we're going to have to look at that. The plans that we had have been disrupted, but that allows us to have more direct time with God, more direct time in his company, in his presence. Um, Now, I know even as I say this and talking with some of you guys that are in tech, that it's like, no, you guys are working harder than you ever had to before COVID because people, your management's figured out that you don't have this pesky thing called a commute, you know, you can get your own lunch and dinner and stuff like that. And so maybe it might be harder for you to find space, but but I encourage all of us to find some space where we can be before the Lord, where we can say, Lord, would you examine my heart? And in this unprecedented time, ask him some unprecedented questions. Like, Lord, let me be real. Let me be really real with you. I don't want it. Sometimes we kind of ask him something. He, his spirit puts a spotlight on we, on something we know uh, is just not right. And we just go, yeah, I got it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to keep moving. This would be a time to deal with it. I don't know what that is for you. I know what it is for me. Uh, re- recently, you know, I, I've thought, in this year where, we're, where Holy Trinity is really getting, gotten off the ground, Vicky is our very unpaid director of operations. And for many a day, we're literally sitting across the table from each other on the dining room table, just sort of doing things and going back and forth. And me as a recovering type A, it can be kind of easy to descend into task mode. You know, like, okay, let, let, do, we, do we get that done? Is this done? How, how, you know, that kind of thinking. But, but task mode I've discovered isn't really conducive to relational mode. It's not really a good display of love mode. And so as I think about that, you know, I thought, all right, Lord, I don't want, it's not, it's more important how we do things than what we do. And so I first began to pray about that just on my own, like, Lord, help me be more gracious. What Bishop Todd calls, you know, practicing the non-anxious presence of God. And then over time, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to be full on. Up front with Vic, so during our morning prayers we just I pray this. I'm like, Lord, help me to be a blessing, help me to be loving. help me to be kind in all those places and not just to give myself a pass or not to think that 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 isn't important. And so again, I'm not sure what that means for you, but ask unprecedented questions about how God is wanting to move more be, be a greater part of how you express light his life in you um the isaiah passage speaks of him coming as as the one who's the sovereign lord and his recompenses with him but what's very interesting is the very next verse then speaks to him as it says that he is coming as a shepherd he says um in, in right yeah that very next next verse he's coming as a as a shepherd he is who tends his flocks. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He he gently leads those that have young. And so he's not coming to beat us up. He's not coming to drag us along. Like sometimes if you have a dog who's reluctant to come with you, you know, they're on their back heels there. Ever taken a dog into a vet? You know, that's the last place they want to be. And so they're resisting with all their might. That's not how God leads us. He comes as a shepherd. He comes and he picks us up and he he holds us closest to his heart. That tenderness is what Isaiah wants us to connect with about how he leads, about how he manifests that sovereignty, about how he's calling us to enter into this time of Advent, this time of penitence. It is not to beat us up or to be a scold, but it is to allow us to let him be a, a, a... to help us understand more what it means to have him as our shepherd, the one who leads us, the one who holds us close, the one who goes as fast as we're willing to let him go. He's the one uh, like a shepherd who leads a lamb, who has young. When you got kids, you can't go as fast as you want. Amen. Can I get some amen from the families? Okay. So <laughs> that's the image that, that is out here. And so, however... Um, that is for you as we enter more fully into this time of being before the Lord, asking unprecedented questions about how we can be more aligned with who he is and what he is calling us to do. Know that he will lead us as a loving shepherd does. And I pray that as he does so each of us would draw closer to his heart, his heart for us, his heart for this world around us, and his heart for what he's doing through us. Amen. Thanks for being with us online in the Sermon Podcast. To find out more about Holy Trinity Silicon Valley, head to www.holytrinitysv.org.